of Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. And I'm Kenny. Today, Chris has abandoned us to have a baby. Well, to be there for Sydney while she did all the hard work. But Fletcher and I are going to talk about curating your game collection, a topic which Chris has very little input on because his opinion is to just get all the games. Hopefully, we'll have more insight on that, or it will be a really short episode. But first, as always, thank you to our Patreon finishers of the show, Adam Harrison and the Gifts of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, it's just us. It's just us. This is (laughs) the first episode with no Chris on it in Tabletop Game Talk history, I believe. Yeah, uh, probably. I think that's what uh, some of the people in the live chat were just saying, that he's usually always recorded something. I guess in the beginning or afterwards or had some kind of pre-recorded yep. message. Yeah, but it took the second kid, not even his not first even kid, the, first the second kid, kid <laughs> to interrupt. I think he just wanted a break. So <laughs> finally a break for Chris. Yeah, so Sunday morning, um, the Steele family welcomed baby Becca to to join the ranks. Yay. Our newest listener, Player Four, has been kicked out of that seat already. <laughs> we'll need to, yeah, up our count by one. <laughs> so, just a reminder: we are here on Zoom live every week, um, and you can find that at tabletopgametalk.com/live. And once again, so for the second week in a row, we are delaying our top one hundred review because Chris isn't here. <laughs> but I think we're still planning on doing it. I, I guess so. Hopefully it'll happen. Maybe next week I'll be gone and it'll just be you two. <laughs> you know, you didn't take your week off when you got the puppy. So that's true. You really missed your opportunity if- there. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to cash it in for double weeks. Off. It works like that, right? Sure. Um, so anything going on in your life this week? Um, no, not really. Just, uh, you know, enjoying, enjoying the weekend, enjoying the cool weather. Um, Heard about the good news from Chris, obviously, but uh, I don't have anything nearly as exciting as that going on. <laughs> <laughs> the only excitement in my house is my birthday was last Wednesday. Yay, happy birthday. Um, thank you. Uh, and my sister got me this gift. It is a kit where you make your own wine or cider or like any kind of juice. It turns it into alcohol. And it's just like this powder you dump into any juice and it turns it into like, not just like a little bit alcoholic, but like very alcoholic. Wait, is this like a kit? So like you, it's like what, like make your own like bathtub wine? make your own wine kit. Yes. (laughs) It's basically make your own, it says make your own wine or cider. Uh, I don't think it carbonates anything though. That requires like a second fermentation. That's too complicated. This is just dump this powder in a bottle of juice and it makes wine. <laughs> How long do you have to wait? Uh, five days. I mean, at that point, you just take juice and pour vodka in it. Just be like <laughs> alcohol juice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my dad drinks a lot of Gatorade and the grandchildren all call it grandpa juice. It's <laughs> <laughs> got a G on it. <laughs> Um, so it's called grandpa juice because grandpa drinks it. It's got a G on it and they all request grandpa juice for like drinks at meals. That's awesome. So yeah, somebody said I should, uh, make Gatorade into wine. You do a grandpa juice. And I was like, uh, I don't know. My brother's like, I used to do that in college all the time. It's not that hard and it's not that good. (laughs) I'm sure the Florida Gators are thrilled that people call it grandpa juice. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, you know. It is what it is. What's that move? Um, there's a move. Big Trouble. It stars Tim Allen. It's a really funny movie. It's based on a Dave Barry book, and they make fun of Gators fans like the entire movie. I don't think I've seen that. I've seen Big Trouble in Little uh, China. It's a. It is definitely not that. <laughs> it's not that movie. Okay. <laughs> it's a very good, very underrated movie. Apparently, it um got pulled from theaters because it was supposed to debut September twelfth, two thousand one, and it features Ooh. a <laughs> um explosion. Uh, yeah, like all kinds of stuff. That they're like, mm, we're gonna pull this from theatrical release this day, you know, because of taste. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. So it never really got a lot of attention, but it's a very good movie. Highly recommend. That's like uh, it reminds me of um for the very fir- the first Spider Man movie. Yeah, where they had that. It was actually like a really cool like teaser where this helicopter gets stuck in a big spider web and it zooms out and it's between the World Trade Center and it's like, yeah. oh, that was a cool shot. And then it's like, oh, well, not nah, we're gonna pull yeah, that teaser. Can't, can't do and that. Scrub some stuff. <laughs> All right, so this was a topic I had to come up with. Chris has completely abandoned us, so hopefully we'll have enough to talk about this week. <laughs> Um, but I thought it would be a good one because really Chris has no input on curating a collection because his collection is just all the games. It's all the games. It's not curated so much as warehoused. <laughs> it's true. And if, you know, I guess curated in that, like an art museum, he moves the pieces that are in less rotation down to the basement where no one sees them again. <laughs> it's like the Disney vault. <laughs> bring those up from the, the, the steel vault. <laughs> so fletcher how many games do you have in your game collection um i haven't counted and if we're just counting like obviously board games and not like decks of cards or dominoes or whatever my guess would probably be around 13 or so 13 or 14 um and a, a lot of them are actually like pretty bulky boxes only a few of them are like on the smaller side like sushi go party and stuff like that um most of them are kind of big which really hinders my collection. And I have a very limited, tiny, small closet space to put all this stuff. Uh, what about you? How many, how many games do you have in your collection? So I actually have a lot of small boxes. <laughs> so I didn't actually count them all. I'd say I probably have like 10 medium to bigger size box games. But I probably have like 20 or more small box games. Wow. I buy tons of those. And and so I'm like the opposite of you. I have a small space, so I'm like, oh, I better just buy small boxes to cram in there. <laughs> I like big games, and I'm like, well, I can only have a few of them, so. <laughs> um, so I like lots of card games, lots of easy to play, easy to learn, uh, but sometimes more strategic games. So small package, but pack a big punch. So I would say most of my games are somewhere between a deck of cards to like um looks like a domino's box or something. A domino's box VHS. <laughs> VHS. Maybe not relatable to some of our listeners. <laughs> I don't know. VHS. We were just up in um Minnesota last week and at the cabin they still have a VHS player and they have all like the Disney movies on VHS and my son was so confused by like He's like, why are we watching pre- are the previews? What are these? You can't make them go away. Like, <laughs> he, he didn't understand rewinding at all. He was like, 
and oh i want to watch it again i was like okay we have to rewind it and he's like no i want to watch it again <laughs> it'll, <laughs> it's it'll, it only take takes a, a couple of minutes <laughs> it'll be fine yeah to a two and a half year old that's it's it it's forever <laughs> Wait, can I go back 10 seconds? It's like, uh, not really. No. No, you can't. <laughs> I'm really good with the stop and rewind and play. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, my games, I would say I have probably around 30 games. <laughs> so, I'd say we both have curated our collection. We both have to consider what games come in. And if something comes in, oftentimes it means something is going out. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that you only have about 30 games. I thought you would have... Like 40, 40 to 50. Now I'm going to have to count, but I think it's probably around 30. Well, I mean. That, that's my guess. I Because I get rid of a lot of games. If a game is not getting played in my collection, it gets seen out the door. <laughs> gets flung out. <laughs> okay, but how, how much space do you have dedicated to Keyforge? You know, not as much as Chris does. I probably have... <laughs> Half of Chris's basement is dedicated to Keyforge. Yeah, I because I stopped playing after a while. I honestly, once I got pregnant, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was it for me in Keyforge. I had no more mental power for that game. So uh, I would say, like it, it's really one box that's about the size of a medium game. So like a shoebox or like something. The, Probably more like a Monopoly sized box, but shoe box depth, if that makes sense. Yep. Like a like a scythe sized box. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's healthy. So so yeah, not too many. Uh and I got rid of decks that I wasn't playing. I just keep my good ones that I liked and I gave away a bunch at um Gen Con. Here you can have the scrappy deck. It, so, <laughs> so uh, no, it is not just 30 copies of Wingspan was asked in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I do have Wingspan and the expansion and that's so why all there's the fancy a shortage. bits that go with Wingspan. <laughs> Kitty bought them all. She's just hoarding them. Yep. I have all of the Wingspans and all of the change in the United States, apparently. Um, so, yeah, I mostly give away my games. Um and I'm lucky because I know Chris, who gives away a lot more games than I do. So when I don't want them in my house anymore, I put them in Chris's basement until Gen Con. So they don't <laughs> even stay in my house. Um, Half my games came so, from Chris. He's like, I don't even... He's like, uh, here, you play this game. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a dangerous one. So I think... I don't know if a lot of people in the hobby have this or if it's just me... <laughs> And I know there's got to be other people in the same situation where I, a, we have Chris. But a benefactor? Yes. And I had to learn to stop taking games from Chris because they're not games that I picked out for myself. And a lot of times they would come into my collection and then I would very quickly give them back out of my collection. <laughs> and it seemed like it was just games that he wasn't enjoying, that he wanted me to try. And, you know, in his world like oh i'll just give it to you right you know if i'm not enjoying it it moves on in its world so uh yeah i ended up with a lot of games that i was like meh about so they they left my collection i had to make room for things that i was really enjoying like chris saying like here you deal with this (laughs) right and it's easy to feel more obligated to hold on to those games i think that are gifted to you 
And that's not just games that like came from Chris's collection. I think that another thing that happens is when you have friends and family who learn that you like games, suddenly for every gift giving occasion, you will receive board games. Has this started happening to you? Well, not for games, but I had a friend that um, she liked, she liked little cows or something. She liked cow as an animal. But then for like every gift or like every birthday, every Christmas, it's like people would gift her like cow stuff. So she had all this cow stuff. And it's like, I don't really like cows that much. I just liked a few of these cute little (laughs) cows. But now I have a bunch of cow stuff that I feel obligated to keep around. Yeah, I think, you know, much like with cows, um, with games, there's so much variety. So like, you know, when you're gifting someone a cow, maybe they liked their cow creamer, but they don't need like six stuffed animal cows. <laughs> and the same with games. You know, you can't just go into the game store and be like, my friend likes games. I'm going to pick up a game and have it be Right. You go into the game a store hit and you them. ask the employee, like, what's a good game? And they're like, well, this one's a good game. And like, maybe it is. But it's like, I already have a copy of, uh, you know, code, code, code names or something. Um. Apparently, some of our listeners have bats. Uh, <laughs> Terrence's sister has a room full of hippos. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's- cows could be worse, I guess. <laughs> I think Sydney has a lot of ladybugs. Sydney, Chris's wife. Much of ladybug stuff. A big fan of ladybugs, yeah. <laughs> so, luckily, I never had you know, a thing that I was gifted a lot of, but I, I do sometimes get games as gifts and I get a lot of like weird dice game (laughs) things like little games. I think my mom is the biggest culprit here and she sees them and they look so cute and fun and they're stocking stuffer sized and they end up in my Christmas stocking every year. And I have given all of them uh, away. What's that pig game? That they're like dice. Pass the pigs. Yeah. Yes. It's like, I don't need any more copies yep, of this. Was... <laughs> Number one, it's not that great of a game. I actually think I have a dice game about cows. So <laughs> I should pass that on to your friend. <laughs> All right. So when you are buying games, are you thinking about just yourself playing them? Or are you thinking about like playing them with other people? Like when you're going to buy it? Oh, uh, It's always with other people. Like, it's never about, like, what looks interesting to me, because lots of stuff looks in- interesting to me. It's about, am I ever going to be able to play this with anybody? So when I buy a game, it is specifically, like, it's for me and, like, this other person or this group or these groups of people or something like that. But it's never just because, it's like, oh, that looks interesting. It's targeted to, like, uh, you know, a friend or, or a group of friends. It's like, we are going to play this game. And we're going to enjoy it because I know it'll make it on the table because I just don't have, you know, the space like you or or Chris. That, um, you know, I mean, Chris is on a whole nother level. We'll just like buy a game. But I, <laughs> I, I don't have the space to do that. And I'm not I don't have like the wherewithal or just like this looks interesting. I'm going to buy it. I'm not too. Right, I don't have the money to yeah. do that either. You know, I, mean, I suppose I Some have of the these money. games like, you can really. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I, I could buy it. But it's like, do I am I? $50 for this game? Like, eh, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, how many times am I going to play it for my $50 to be worth it? Right. You know, if it's just something that sits there and collects dust, uh, I think Chris would then say, you start feeling like, guilty. It, it's worth it for him for that $50 because <laughs> he'll open it up, read the rule book, play in his, you know, 
mind palace once and then <laughs> put it away and maybe give it away and then that'll, that's $50 well spent. And if it makes it to the table, you know, more than that, then that's just gravy. That's true. So speaking of Chris and all of his games, would you buy a game that you know Chris has? Um, I mean, yes, I, I would because Chris doesn't live close to me. Um, if he'd never played it or like was not interested in it, I might just ask if he'll give it to me. But like barring that, I love that we have that relationship with Chris. Like, are you playing this? No, it's mine now. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever plan on playing this again? If not, do you just want to give it to me? Um, besides that, that like, yeah, I would, I would definitely buy a game that, that Chris has. Yeah. I feel sometimes like I shouldn't buy a game because Chris has it and he really got me on this one because I was standing there in the game store on the phone with him because that's what normal people do, <laughs> I think. Um, so I was talking to him and I was like, I'm looking at these two games. I'm not really sure which one I want to get. I really want to get Azul, but I know you have it. And I've heard good things about Sagrada, but I'm not sure. And I've played Azul and I really liked it. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I have Azul totally by Sagrada you shouldn't get this because I already have it. And now I totally regret it because I think I really enjoy Azul a lot more than Sagrada. But I'm like, there's such similar games in a way mm-hmm. that I don't want to have both. And I feel bad about getting rid of Sagrada, but I probably will and I'll buy Azul. <laughs> I tried to work around it, though, by buying it for my mom. <laughs> yeah, that's always that, that's a good look, too. It's like, here's a game for you for me. <laughs> I buy my mom a lot of games that I think that she'll enjoy playing with me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, maybe I am the Chris in my mom's life. I'm doing the same thing to her that he does to me. (laughs) I like board games this much. It's like, yeah, but they're for me. I come over and then I can play these games. I don't feel guilty about buying them because they're for you. Right? Yeah. I I am the bad gift giver. (laughs) (laughs) So... Back in the days where we were allowed to, you know, socialize outside of our homes, um, did you ever go to, like, board game stores or cafes or, like, even take games out from libraries, like, play games that you did not own? Um, Yeah, so not very often, but I have done that a few times. It's usually more of like a – for me, it's been more like you go to a bar – or like a cafe to eat or drink. And then, oh, yes, they also have games to play. Um, mm-hmm. It's more like that as opposed to let's go play the games here and then also drink or eat something. Mm-hmm. That's usually my But you never like, Yeah. would you ever think like, oh, because I do that, I'm not going to buy the kind of game they have there? No, I don't think I've ever really thought that. I'm never, I haven't been like, like, why buy the game when I can just, you know trek 30 minutes across town and have like <laughs> a used copy that is missing a piece like that's totally worth it um no i've never thought that i've just haven't uh also those types of games are like obviously the way more casual that you'll find at places like that um and i like the more like not that i don't like those games but the games that are like more exciting to me or terraforming mars or like those meteor crunchier games where you need to sit down and you're not going to do that at a bar and it's like okay let's read the rule book for <laughs> you know warhammer or you know whatever war of the rings let's read the rule book for war of the rings and then let's play around <laughs> like no that's you're gonna 
They're going to kick you out before you even finish your first game. Yeah. I know there are some places. I think there's one in Chicago, but I've never gone. There was one that closed where it was like a bar where that was the purpose was they like had the meteor games and they made sure that none of the pieces were missing and that kind of thing. Yeah. But as an antisocial person, I didn't do that very much. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't hold the same appeal to me. I think that's the same with testing store copies. Like in some ways I would rather just buy the game, take the chance on buying the game than risk an awkward social situation (laughs) because that's the kind of ball of anxiety that I am. Um, That doesn't get me so much. It's more just like, am I going to get like a group of people together to go here to play this game or like find a group of people at the location already that wants to play this game. Yeah, I feel like open game nights at game stores are always very hit or miss with like, are there actually going to be other people there to play? Are they going to want to play the kind of game I want to test? Or am I just bringing my game group to the store? It It's it's tricky. I think it makes sense it's only like in manage. a few circumstances. It's like one, you're a kid with like limited space at home where your parents just want you out of the house. So it's like a meeting place for like, <laughs> It's like a little clubhouse for kids. Or two, you have some kind of like tournament or every day it's like, a, you know, you have like the Magic the Gathering tournament, the Pokemon card tournament, this tournament or that tournament. And then you have a bunch of group, a bunch of people coming together that you wouldn't otherwise meet to then you can, you know, play your deck against or um, mm-hmm. something, you know, something along those lines. And I think D&D kind of falls there, but it's a, it's a, it's a little bit harder because you don't really know what you're getting in a D and D group where it's a lot easier for like a tournament kind of like, uh, you know, a magic, the gathering tournament where you just like face off one after the other, after the other, you can just play a bunch of different decks and people that you don't know. You're not like sitting with them for the next five hours. And you're like, why did I put this group of people together? I don't. (laughs) Yeah. And especially if you're testing out a game, like thinking about purchasing it, thinking about adding it to your, collection like you're taking a chance on the game as well as the people as well as the people and it's there, like, right you have two unknowns a double unknown it's even trickier did i not so, like the game or did i not yeah. just like the people that i was playing it with <laughs> yeah that's a tough one so david brings up a point um that he is selective about his purchases based on what others in his regular game group have so i mean i guess i don't really have as much a regular game group that I know a lot of our listeners do. It's like several people that get together regularly. I mostly play with Chris or I play with my family. So in that situation, either Chris owns all the games or I own all the games or I've given my mom the games. So I I don't have to worry as much about what other people own unless it's Chris. And in that case, I have to decide, like, is this something I want to play more than once every two or three months because that's how often you know we can get together because chris lives so far away from me now so is that something you consider is i know you play with some people from work sometimes Um, other people who are not me and chris (laughs) yeah i I mean usually it's like a hodgepodge of i mean it's either you and chris um another one of my friends george um who's into like the meteor crunchier games or like a hodgepodge of my other friends. Um, if we're, at, if there's a 
group of people over at my place, but it's usually that's more of like the casual game kind of a thing Mm -hmm. where it's like we're gonna bust out some kind of casual game and like play that while we're like you know watching you know doing stuff with youtube or just drinking hanging out or whatever Mm -hmm. so do you is that kind of why you have basically two kind of categories of games in your yes collection it's only the meatier games that you would play with like george or the easier games you play with a larger group yeah pretty much and i'm trying to bridge that gap like the game that I want to get on my list, uh, Viticulture, so I, I can yes, yeah. so I can play that with Carmen. <laughs> so it's like a little bit more of a meteor game, but still like not crazy. And I think like Carmen and I would like to play that together. So that's on my list, and hopefully you know drag her over to the more like crunchier side. I don't think she's opposed to it. I, I just think she just wants to like be told everything what to do ahead of time. Like she doesn't want to open a rule book. Yeah, I think she would probably do really well with just, like, watching it played on YouTube. Like, do uh, not just, like, anybody, but, like, watch it played or somebody who's, like, a good video instructor. She seems like somebody who would pick up much easier or something, especially if she'd been introduced to it before. Right. That way. I, I mean, I think, yeah, she would do well with that, but I don't think I could give that to her as homework. Like, hey, watch this before... We play this game. She'd be like, "We're either like a watching it together, or you're explaining everything to me." Like, there's no way I'm watching this on my own. <laughs> yeah, me and Spencer actually started watching the videos together because it had been for a while. I would watch the video, and then he would kind of read the rule book while I explained what the video told me. And then he just got too frustrated with me knowing more or less, not enough. Like, we had different levels of understanding <laughs> of the game. And usually it was that the the videos give you a little bit more hint of strategy yeah. than the rule book does. So he felt like I was getting kind of an advantage. So we started watching the videos together before we play a game. Spencer, they're on YouTube. They're available to everyone. <laughs> Yes, uh, but <laughs> I I did this thing. He got so irritated with me where I he was putting down our son for bed, and then I would watch the video while he was doing it. So I would like watch the video and set up the game, and then he was busy, so he couldn't watch <laughs> with me. He's like you have to stop watching it while I'm out of the room. You can't like and then I wouldn't want to watch it again, and so I have to like it's like the go movie. Like, pa- like, like I'm gonna get water. Pause the movie. Pause it. <laughs> yeah, I can't miss any of it. I'm not allowed to start the movie without him anymore. Because <laughs> it can be really frustrating to, when you're in a couple, have, you know, somebody way more interested or know more about the game than the other person. It can be yeah tricky. So I think that's one of my categories of games I've been focusing on building more and trying to get rid of the games that Spencer wouldn't play with me. There's, there was a large category of games that I really liked to play, and Spencer's just like, no, I won't play with you. And it didn't matter how much I enjoyed them. They were just sitting there collecting dust because no one would play them with me, basically. <laughs> so, you know, as much as I love, you know, the tile-laying, puzzly games, they're not Spencer's favorite. And I kept my absolute favorites. I will never get rid of Carcassonne. That won't exit my collection, you know. But... Some of the Kickstarters I took a chance on, some of the other ones that just are not his cup of tea. I was like, it doesn't matter if I like it. If no one will play it with me, it doesn't have a place in my collection. Right. 
And that's a tough one to get over, I think. Yeah. I mean, I have I mean, I have games in my collection that I haven't really played, but I want to play. I just need the right group of people to be around me at the same time to, to play the game. It's hard. You know, we spread out all over the Chicagoland area. We were all clumped together. And then yeah. spread out. Or you guys spread out. I pretty much stayed in place. It's true. And we moved in opposite directions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have to start doing more online and virtual games. But, you know, that's that's a different part of curating your game collection. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. How do you deal with online, not in-person kind of games? Yeah, definitely. I think that's like a, a whole other topic, how to play games online. I mean, we've talked about it before. but like, And we did talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> and I think our response was, it's hard and we don't really do it. <laughs> it's hard and we don't do it. <laughs> There's platforms out there to use. Check them out. But otherwise, it's difficult. But I do think something that I've had uh, some more success with in my game collection is that I've tried to start coming up with like categories. And I want to have a game that fills all these different categories. So like... I have my favorite solo games and I have my favorite party games. I have my favorite games I like to play with my mom and games I like to play with Spencer and trying to think when I'm going to add a game, which of these categories it fits into and if that category is getting too big. So trying to spread across my gaming collection. So like that's very organized. I have, I have different categories. <laughs> are they like literally in a filing cabinet? No, I, I mean, Filed my games under are S all... for Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> my games are all tetris into the cabinet where I have to keep my games yeah. into however I can fit the maximum number of games in there. But I do have kind of like a... I have an actual spreadsheet for my Kickstarters, but I don't have them categorized by that. Now I'm going to have to add that column to my <laughs> spreadsheet. I... Do though keep kind of a mental spreadsheet of like which games fall into which categories and which categories kind of getting too many games in it. Cause I do think me and my mom enjoy playing very similar games. She is my best gaming buddy of if I enjoy a game, she'll probably like the game. Uh, That's good. but Spencer is the person I live with <laughs> <laughs> and he's around to play games with more often so i try to seek out actively more games that fit into the spencer will enjoy playing this with me category right and he will humor me every once in a while playing something like wingspan or ah oh, what's the i just got a new one calico which is a uh, you lay tiles to build a quilt to attract cats to sleep on your quilt. <laughs> and he's like, there is nothing about this game that appeals to me. But he played it with me <laughs> once. That's how you know Spencer loves you. It really is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a quilting um, game where you attract cats. He's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's very cute. It's very fun. Very thinky puzzle game, but... It's, yeah, it's not Spencer's cup of tea. <laughs> um, but we just picked up, well, I guess we didn't just pick it up. We The f- Kickstarter just fulfilled. This was one of his um, picks that he saw at Gen Con last year. So the last time there was a Gen Con, not the virtual Gen Con, but living Gen Con. <laughs> um, 
It is Windward. And this is a game where there's these really cool ship pieces and they you're like floating above a planet. So they're all in little plastic, clear plastic spikes. So they look like they're floating above the board. And there's actually two different um, levels. So there's like the taller ships and the these creatures called cresters that you're trying to kill and harvest their teeth. Harvest and then there's like teeth? smaller ships. Yeah, that's how you earn... What do you get? You earn... That sounds creepy. Yeah. It's really fun, though. (laughs) Harvesting teeth. But... Super fun. (laughs) They look like whales, kind of. But they're like, you know, monstrous sky whales. And the point of the game is to gain notoriety by collecting their teeth. And you can also get um, notoriety in other ways. But we have really been enjoying this game. And Spencer picked this out and so he is much more invested in playing that than he is uh the uh cat quilt game (laughs) (laughs) you'll be shocked to hear that the the game where you're flying these ships yeah it is um much like a whaling game terrence was pointing out that it is (laughs) so he wants to he wants to play space whaling as opposed to quilting for cats (laughs) yes yes space whaling but, you know, it's it's really interesting. They have this mechanic where the wind shifts directions each round. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you can travel with the wind for free and you can never travel against the wind. And so it really makes you think about how you're moving around the board and the pieces are moving around the board, too. They'll come and try to get you. It, I We've really been liking this game. And this one is definitely staying in our collection, and it kicked out photosynthesis because Spencer would never play photosynthesis. With me. <laughs> photosynthesis is going back to Chris's house. Is that after their ill-fated attempt? <laughs> is that the one? That's not the one you table flip. That's that's the one that Josh. That's the one that Josh could not make decisions. <laughs> yeah. Then me and Chris were just done. Actually, I think it was me and Chris were being big brats about Josh taking his time playing that game <laughs> Hurry depends up, Josh. on who's telling the story on what perspective you're getting <laughs> it uh, so what is the most recent game that you have added to your collection oh man um let me think it's been a while actually uh, yeah i think i talked about it before i uh, can't see it i think it's called spirits of the wild that might be the, and it's Ooh. it's old it's older i mean it's the most recent, but it's like maybe from like twelve months ago. Right? It's a it's an actual two player game. Yeah, Spirits of the Wild. It's a two player game exclusively. Um, and this is the one that I kind of had some problems with because it seemed a little broken. Because mm. I played this um, with Carmen a number of times. <laughs> we actually played it like f- over the first few days that we like we got it. We played it like five or six times. Um, and it kind of came down to like if you could draw this one card. You are like almost guaranteed to win because you take turns. It's like back and forth. But if you drew this mm-hmm. one card, um, it would give you a second turn in a row. And the last, essentially like the last move that the, the other person made was undone. Oof. So it, it was basically giving you like three turns in a row. It undid the, it undid the, uh, per, your opponent's last turn and it gave you an extra turn. So yeah. and it, it was like pretty hard to come back from that. And you could still win, but like if if you got that card, like it put you 
like way ahead. So after after I kind of pointed that out, we kind of stopped playing. But it's beautifully designed. The pieces are really nice. <laughs> I actually haven't looked up what the rating is on this game or what other people have to say. Maybe I maybe I'm just terrible at this game, or maybe like we're both <laughs> terrible at this game, or or we're not doing something correctly. But every time Dave was holding up card, his copy of the game. What? What do you think? <laughs> One of our listeners, Dave, is holding up his copy. Oh, so I'm curious. He thinks it's broken as well. If he has the same opinion, I don't know. Okay. Um, well, at least I'm not alone. So, <laughs> so uh, how did you pick that game? Where did that one come from? Uh, actually, that was totally Carmen's choice. Um, I think she was oh. looking for like two player games that we could like play together. Um, I don't know if she looked up any reviews or anything about it, but I think she just saw the box art because the box art is like pretty. It's pretty and and the art is really nice. Um, so I think she just, I think she maybe saw it on Amazon or something like that. And I don't know what, I don't know how much it costs, but I don't think it's a very expensive game because the box for it is like, it's not very big. Um, kind of tarot sized. Yeah. Um, so I think she just, she just went and bought it. Um, and it came and then, you know, we played it a few times and I'm like, I think this game is broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys are looking for a two player game, um, has she ever played like hearts or spades or euchre any trick-taking card games um i don't know she, I, i'm pretty sure she's definitely never played euchre she may have played hearts or spades in the past but i don't know uh i'm sure i've talked about it on the show before but me and spencer really like fox in the forest or the fox in the forest i don't know if there's a the. <laughs> um but that one is a two-player trick-taking game where you are it's just like hearts or spades or euchre where you're tricky, taking tricks, but it has mechanics that make it work for just two players. And you're trying to gain a number of points to win. And we've had a lot of fun playing that one. So yeah, recommend that if you're looking for a good, quick to pick up, but replayable two-player light, not very expensive, available on Amazon <laughs> kind of a game. I might, I, yeah, I might try that or like maybe even just go with like cribbage. I think they have a new version of Fox and the Forest that just came out that's duet, that's um, cooperative, that I've heard good things about, but we haven't picked up. So you're working together, mm. but it's similar. So uh, I think one of our listeners was telling me it was really good. I think it might have been, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, listener who told me that Fox and the Forest duet is good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who it was. Matthew Drokes says Fox so, and the Forest is good. Fox and the Forest is a great game. Highly recommend. Um, that's one of our more recent purchases. I just had some Kickstarters fulfill. So Calico and Windward were both Kickstarters. And Kickstarter is really tricky because I have to follow it for Dice Tower News. And before that, when we were doing the Kickstarter podcast. And that one is, I at first, I didn't have as many games so I was much more likely to just like, oh, this sounds appealing, back it. And then they started coming in, and I was like, I have too many games now. Right, because, especially <laughs> because of the lead time, right? Like, you wouldn't get yes. it for, like, months. Sometimes or years. years. <laughs> yes, it took a year, I think, for Windward to come. It, we backed it. It, came, it launched right after last year's Gen Con, and we recently got it. And so, you know, these things, it's really easy to not realize how many games are just going to show up at your house one day. Right. Um, and especially the Kickstarters that I 
was drawn to are smaller Kickstarters. And it felt like I had a more personal connection with the designers and creators of these games. They often feature themselves in the video much more than something like the kind of Kickstarter that Chris backs, where it's like these huge big box games right. produced by com- like kind of faceless Pre- companies. Yeah, platform. some of them have, yeah. Some of them have designers attached to them where you'll, you know, they are a person and you can tell, but some of them, they just feel kind of more mass produced and less personal. And I would feel guilty for not enjoying or wanting to get rid of some of the Kickstarter games because I felt like, oh, I like was invested and I gave my support to this and I like made this happen and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not very good. And and I, (laughs) it was, it wasn't as good as the other game that I had. And I just, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to get over that. I'm sure Marie Kondo would tell me to, you know, it's not sparking joy. Let it go. Yeah, Thank (laughs) it. And then give it to, uh, you know, the goodwill or, Salvation Army. Um, I hear that libraries will take board game donations. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is something that, yeah, I've heard libraries will take them. And, you know, it's probably harder for uh, convention giveaways now if you have a podcast. But that's, you know, a very narrow market. (laughs) Um, David, uh, Dave in the chat said he was looking forward to The Crew, which is another trick-taking game. And... I just played it this week, so thought I would share some insights on that. I had a ton of fun playing it. Really liked it. Unfortunately, we were playing with um, a family member who did not pick up on the rules very quickly, which made it a little bit frustrating. (laughs) Um, But I am psyched to play this through more times. I don't think the two-player rule version was as good though as it would be with three or four players i think it would play best with three or four players and this one is a cooperative trick-taking game where you're playing through different missions so it starts easy and gets harder as you go through so you have basically their little mini cards that match up with the cards in the big deck and you are trying to like they will be assigned to one person and that person has to take the trick with that card in it. And so most of the missions are just that. And then as you go on, you have more and more of those you have to fulfill or some of them, you know, there's, there's story that go with these. So there's one mission where, you know, you guys partied too hard. So now one of your crew members is sick and they can't take any tricks that hand. (laughs) And you have, uh, basically you're supposed to, play through the missions and keep track of how many times it takes you to successfully complete them. And it it's a fun little story and it's, yeah, you will, you don't talk to each other. Uh, I'm getting hints from the chat, <laughs> uh, but you do have a way of communicating. You can place one of your cards face up. If it is your highest, lowest or only card, And you have like a token that you can use to indicate that. And that's the only thing that you can tell your teammates is one card from your hand if it meets one of those three criteria. And yeah, that one really liked that one. I actually have Chris's copy. So, you know, (laughs) talking about curating your game collection. Yeah, just get it from Chris. Um, I got this one from Chris, but if Chris wants his copy back, this is one I would buy my own copy. Because I don't live close enough to Chris, and I'm interested in playing it with people who aren't Chris. 
So bringing it back around to on topic, <laughs> this, this is definitely something that I borrowed his copy to see if I would like it. He thought I would really enjoy it. And I do. And my only hesitation is that if you're playing it with two players, you're just playing it with a dead hand. So it's kind of like playing three player spades where, um, I don't know. It's just not as engaging as it is when you're playing with three people at the table, I think, you know, and so I have to find a third player closer to me than Chris, because <laughs> this would be one that, you know, if Chris and Sydney hadn't just had a baby and I hadn't just had a baby, this would be great to get together and play, you know, a four player game. I would love to do that with them. But, you know, traveling an hour with a newborn on both directions is just <laughs> not really going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And that's a bummer. So I'll have to, I don't know, maybe trick my sister and her husband into playing. Maybe my mom will play. But my mom is not a big fan of trick-taking games. So I don't know. Trick her into it. So Fletcher, you have any <laughs> You have any more curating your game collection insights? No, I mean, I mean eventually I'm going to have to get to the point where it's like the next if not the next game, like one of the next few games I get, I'm going to have to lose a game. Like mm-hmm. one that I have right now that annoys me is I have the exploding ki- kittens, like deluxe edition. <laughs> and I don't know why people go nuts over this game. And I'm always like, yeah, I don't let's, this is barely a game. I feel safe saying this because my mom doesn't know how a podcast works. My mom got us exploding kittens and it has since left my collection yeah. that was one that i still have it but i'm just like yeah i'm just get rid of nope. this game yeah yeah I, I did not enjoy that one and it it left my collection it's once you get over the initial guilt of it it feels so good to make room and to you know keep your collection functioning just, i feel just like the good ones just the good ones because I can look at my game collection and somebody can say, let's play this. And I will always want to say yes. There are no games in my cabinet that I would say, no, I don't want to play. Either because I haven't played it yet and I need to give it a chance to play before I can, you know, say no thank you. You know, you take your no thank you bite. I hang out with toddlers too much. (laughs) No thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I, I... Play a game once at least before it leaves the collection. There are a few exceptions to that. Chris knows. Chris is listening to this on his way home from the hospital being like, I know I've gotten games and shrink wrap from her. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very rare. I, I try hard to give games one play before they go. Or, you know, so either I have to play it once before I can say no thank you. Or it's a game that I love and I want to play it because I love the game. Yeah, And so... So that's my goal for my collection, is that any game in there, somebody says, let's play this, I want to play it. Maybe not 100% of the time. Sometimes you're not in the mood, but most of the time, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. I think, well, I think we covered this okay. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't a super short episode. It's probably not, not our <laughs> longest, but... <laughs> not too bad for not having Chris here, just... Uh, I know. You know, normally, when you're... If you're doing any editing, you look at the different you know files it's just chris is talking the whole time and we have to interrupt him to get our thoughts in. <laughs> so it's, it's nice it's nice to have some quiet <laughs> all right oh i didn't change the end of the notes now we have to i have to read all these things oh no i know i'm leaving wherever it says fletcher you have to read the names again oh. <laughs> 
But you can follow us on Facebook at Tabletop Game Talk Podcast. Twitter is Tabletop Game TLK. Kitty is Lawful Good Mom. That's me. <laughs> Fletcher is Net Fletch. And Chris is Game Master Chris. You can leave us a review um, on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out. We haven't seen any new ones pop up there lately, but we're always happy to see those and they help other people find us. And if you really love what we're doing, you can. Um, join us on Patreon and support us there at tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Thanks for listening, and remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Finally, a huge thank you to our patrons. Adam Harrison, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, Terrence Miltner, Stephen Seitz, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Liu, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Wong, Caleb O'Brien, Jennifer... Jennifer Engelbrecht, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Radke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Fronney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Lum, Phil, Phil Schwartzel, Ann Reynolds, Eric Huffman, Adrian Dog, Faz Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric Selander, Mike Smith, Joe Hoover, Glenn Cotter, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Christopher Letgo, John Lewis, Joe Rackstad, Ron Nelson, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keith, Nicholas Lotz, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Matthew Droke, Aaron Moore, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, David Rank, Sam Lacey Brown, Christopher Comstock, and Ben Gary. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. It feels weird to say. I wonder what uh, <laughs> the wave file for this is going to look that like without Chris just steamrolling the whole time. <laughs> <laughs>